God is the only source. He is the only source for your fulfillment in life. He is the only source of salvation. He is the only source that makes sense in a mixed up, messed up, upside down world. God is the only source of sanity. Here it comes, brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. You are pursuing and challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life. Good evening, everyone. My name is John McKenzie, and you're listening to A Word with God. I'd encourage everybody to open their Bibles to Hosea chapter 2, and we're going to get going into God's Word together. Stan, I wanted to talk a bit about betrayal, because last week we were talking about uh, betrayal. This week we're talking about loving heart through divorce and betrayal. Absolutely. One of the hardest things to do, and just, I mean, God's the only one who does it right. And we were just talking before we got going here in the studio, and, mm-hmm. and we are just talking about people who, you know, 20, 30 years after divorce just the pain just comes out when that other person comes back into their life again. So are we ready to go for this tonight, John? Ready to rock and roll. Let's do it. Awesome. God is the only source. He is the only source for your fulfillment in life. He is the only source of salvation. He is the only source that makes sense in a mixed up, messed up, upside down world. God is the only source of sanity. The ultimate betrayal happens when they take what Yahweh had given them for their provision and they used it to engage in sin and worship another. That was Baal. It's the equivalent of a husband building his wife a bed. Get this picture. It's the equivalent of a husband building his wife a bed. And it's got a headboard and a footboard. My wife likes to put them up on cement blocks so high you get a nosebleed. I'm afraid I'm going to fall out and hurt myself. I don't get this. I need a stepladder to get into it. But imagine this husband's made this amazing, ornate, carved, beautiful, she brings her lover home and puts him in the bed that her husband made her. Imagine the force of that. That's what he's saying. The truth is that everything that you are looking for from someone else, that other person, that more stuff, those other things that you wish you had, can be found in the one that you're with if you would open yourself up to change that God wants to bring in your life. How? How can that happen? Doesn't that seem hard to grasp? Put down here, because everything that you are looking for is ultimately found in him. It's found in Jesus. And one of the very first things you, you learn is that that other person cannot bring those things into your life. Only God can fulfill those things. And when we look in other people, when we look in other situations, and they're like, these people looked to another God because maybe Yahweh wasn't doing everything they thought he should be. But ultimately, only God can fill those things. 
ways that we betray Yahweh's provision. Three of them. God puts resources in our hands and we refuse to give back out of love as God has commanded. Malachi commanded them to stop stealing from God. God provides and he said, I have have some things I want you to do with what I've given you. I want you to take care of your needs. I want you to take care of others. I want you to take care of the body. And we rob God. Two, God puts resources in our hands and we choose to satisfy ourselves and ignore others. Jesus said that we are to deny ourselves, not pamper ourselves. Deny yourself. Turn away from your thing. Do my things. Enter into my plan, which is to enter into other people's lives. Third area that we betray Yahweh's provision. He gave us relationship with him. And we've chosen to look for fulfillment in other sources. Having more stuff, sex, relationships, money, comfort, entertainment. Our culture is entertained to death. If I do not see another episode of American Idol, I will forever be thankful to God Almighty. We're entertained to death. What does Jesus say? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your strength, body and mind. And love your neighbor. There's where it's at. That's what God has for you. Well, let's move on. God loves you enough to let you go through physical loss, verses 9 to 13. God loves you enough to let you go through physical loss. Therefore, since this is true, she lost sight that Yahweh was her provider. Notice the flip in the personal pronouns here. I will take back my grain. She said, I have my. He, Yahweh's going, I will take back my grain. I will take at harvest time and my new wine in its season. I will also take away my wool and my flax given to cover her. That's, that's the people's nakedness. Whose stuff is it? Ever been around a teenager who, who says, yeah, yeah, this is, our, this is my house. And we're, and I'm going, your house? You pay the mortgage on this? Well, no, but I mean, I live. Oh, well, that's really big. Oh, okay. And uh, dad, can I use the car tonight? And it's just like this expectation of God doesn't conf- isn't confused in that. God is not confused at all of where the provision comes from. Okay, we're stirring up old things over here. Therefore, since this is true, since she lost sight that Yahweh, he will take back those things. A, your crops are going to suffer, is what he's saying in that section. I'm going to stop blessing your crops. Verse 10, and then I will cover her lewdness, means sexual permissiveness, in the sight of her lovers, and, and no one will rescue her out of my hand. It's kind of like fireproof. I really love the movie at the point in time where the guy kind of goes up to the doctor who's hitting on his wife all the time. And, and remember, he, he, he uh, got his hand burned, and the doctor kind of looked at and, and he goes to the office, and he says, Buddy, my hand is better. I know what you're doing. Leave my wife alone, or you and I are going to get, you know, like, and it's kind of like, that's what God is saying. Stop messing around, lying in the sand. I'm involved here. These are my people, and you are not going to have your way with them. Beautiful picture. Beautiful picture there of God's love. Your choice of sensual, of the sensual will have consequences, is what he's saying. It's going to have, God's going to enter in. That's one of the consequences. 
God's not going to let it ride. See, verse 11. Yahweh lets the bottom fall out. I will also put an end to all her gaiety, her feasts, her new moons, her Sabbaths, and her, her festal assemblies. He's saying religion won't get you through this one. This is going to be a tough time. Verse 12, I will destroy her vines and fig trees, of which she said, these are my wages, which my lovers have given me. She's in full-out prostitution here. She's only in it for what she can get. And I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field will devour them. He's saying you won't have enough resources to weather this. Verse 13, I will punish. Means to attend to, take care of a problem. Not the idea of punishment that we're going to to be punitive, but the idea of I'm going to take care of this problem and correct it. I will punish her for the days of the Baals, when she followed the other gods, when she used to offer sacrifices to them and adorn herself with her earrings and jewelry and follow her lover so that she forgot me, declares Yahweh. He's saying, what you have done in the past will no longer continue to work for you. It's not going to work. It's not going to bring you what you wanted it to. This, like, this is serious stuff aimed at repentance and restoration in the relationship. Well, put down here when a spouse has gone this far off track, bringing it to the marriage piece now. The loving thing is to let their consequences have full weight in their lives. We think the loving thing is to protect, and to, but no, it's to allow the consequences, those very things that God wants to use to get that person's attention. The very thing that God is going to use to put that person on his knees. Parents, when your children go through times like that, don't bail them out. Caveat, you have to look at the harm and weigh it out. But if God has done those things to put your child on their knees to the point where they recognize that he is God and they need to repair the relationship, you do not want to lift off that pressure that God is using to get their attention. My mom, when we got too sloppy at the table, I don't know if you ever do this with the boys, Mia, but it would be white tablecloth week. I hated white tablecloth and napkin week because she wanted to get our attention that how'd she put it you're eating like pigs around here uh, something like that anyway for my dad and I was like with, with the extra forks and all that diddly do stuff she wanted to get our attention God wants to get your attention he wants to get your child's attention he may want to get your spouse's attention and if God has them in a place of listening don't come in and rescue you'll turn around the very things that God wants to do but down here doesn't mean that it's all right to be vengeful or bitter or cruel. That's not part of this. It's allowing God to do his work. Number three, the consequences are designed to bring them back to their senses, back to sanity. It's not a punishment thing. If they're, if they're a follower of Jesus, it's not punishment for their sin. It's a, you need me. You need to get what I want to do in your life. Some comments here. Number one. Is uh, there is a time for separation. That gets a person's attention. There is a time for separation. Um, the goal is repentance and a return to sanity. Number two, there's a need to be truthful and not cover up. Speak the truth in love. The offender cannot hide in ignorance, and there are some people out there who will just go, oh, I didn't know. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not aware of that. Like, like, you have to be honest and straightforward, and you have to be clear where the offense is taking place. There's a need to let the consequences of decisions bite the other person in the butt. Again, you have to weigh that out with where is it going to, what harm is it going to do? Love the other person enough to let them hurt until God achieves repentance. Don't let them off the hook or off of the responsibility. And finally, this takes time. Beware of shallow, superficial changes. Some people, it's like, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry you know about this now. I'm sorry my plan didn't work out. I'm sorry that things are really inconvenient, it's really hot in here, or it's really cold in the bedroom, and so I'm going to make some real quick changes. That's not what you're looking, repentance isn't that. That's trying to get out of trouble. Put down here, ask God to prepare your heart for genuine forgiveness. And ask God to prepare their heart for genuine repentance. If you want to know what to pray in those situations... Ask that God, when, when the repentance comes, that you would be in the place, that you would be able to offer forgiveness and openness and, and restoration and pre- be praying that they would enter to a place where they would repent. Those are the two things to pray for. Verses 14 to 18, God loves you enough to pursue you and correct you. God loves you enough to pursue you and correct you. Therefore, because these things have taken place, Behold, I will allure her. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. We go swimming, and there's this, these two people. And there's this guy, and he swims, and he swims, and, and then he goes into the other side, and he does this resistance thing, and, and all along there's this cute little blonde back here, and she's blotting her eyes at him and smiling at him. He comes back, and they talk, and, and she's got, you know that, that kind of doe-eyed this is an amazing person who, like, she's just, like, totally gone. And he's kind of like, you know, he, everything kind of tightens up. And it's, we're at an age, nothing tightens up. But he still tightens up. And, and it's like, it's, it's, it's like he, there's an alluring, getting attention. That's what God's saying about his people. He's going to, he wants to get there. He's going to allure them. He's going to draw them into relationship. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, bring her into the wilderness, Get her away from the stuff. Get her away from all. Sometimes, like this, what uh, Larry and uh, Mark have been telling us about marriage encounter, good opportunity to get into the wilderness, away from stuff, away from the TV and the hockey games. Did Toronto lose last night? (sighs) All that stuff that interferes with relationship. Bring her to the wilderness and speak kindly to her. Put down here, attitude is everything. This is key. If your attitude sucks, then no matter what happens, you've lost. You've lost. That's the hardest thing for me, keeping the right attitude. I mean, I can go, my, I, can, I can shift into attitude download so easily. It's just like, like flushes everything. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, bring her into the wilderness and speak kindly to her. It's true of us as a church as well. We have to have watch our attitudes, our attitudes with each other. Our atti- because we're all messed up, crazy people. You may not have noticed that, but I mean, from up here, we're all messed up, crazy, crazy people. 
And we begin putting demands on people and expecting them to act like, like you know, they're Peter, Paul, and I almost said Mary, but anyway, not Mary. That's the wrong group. Anyway, but we expect them to be something, and they're just crazy, messed up people like you and I and our attitudes. Why, do they, why does that happen? Why do we let that happen? We need to speak the truth and love to each other. Well, zip right along, and I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. And she will sing there as in the days of her youth and in the days when she came up out of the land of Egypt. He's clearly talking about Israel here. But even when she came up out of Egypt, she was still complaining, but okay. It will come about in that day, declares Yahweh, that you will call me Ishi and will no longer call me Bailey. It's just a play on words here, the idea of man and, and, and the bales. Like, beware of the desire to see them pay for their mistakes. Ever gotten to that point where, where somebody's betrayed you, broken your heart, and you just want payment? You want to see them really get it? God's heart's not like that. Beware of that with your kids. Sometimes when they make mistakes and choices that you know, and, and when it happens, there's this little part of you that wants to say, like, I told you so. I told you this was going to happen. No, back away from that. Where are these things going to be different for, verse 17, because I will m- remove the names of the Baals from her mouth so that they will be mentioned by her names no more. There's hope here that they can overcome cycles of bad choices. And Israel had cycles of bad choice. Ever had cycles of bad choices? This little fella here, as much as you love him, as much as he's just like adorable right now, he's going to have cycles of bad choices. It's going to happen. It's going to come, Mom. And you just got to keep on loving him and keep on accepting hope. Hope that you can change the cycles of bad choices. Only with God's help. God is the one that helps break those cycles. Verse 18, in that day I will also make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, the birds of the sky, and the creeping things of the ground. Put down here hope that the consequences will eventually reverse. Have you ever been in a, you got the consequences of some decision, and you go like, is this ever going to end? Is the phone ever going to stop ringing because I bought that thing, and now I can't pay for that thing? Hope that the consequences will eventually reverse. That's called grace and mercy when God does that. You need tons of that in a marriage. You need, you need like, you need like, like, you need a thimble of criticism. And you need a dump truck of grace and mercy. A dump truck. Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. And I will abolish the bow, the sword, and the war from the land, and they will make them lie down in safety. That's the consequences. This is, this is the conclusion. Of this. I will abolish the bow, that's, that's war, the sword and the war from the land, and will make them lie down in safety. Hope that the anger and chaos that comes from their bad decisions will finally come to an end. I had a friend that lived through almost 10 years of anger and chaos because of a decision he made. 10 years. And we used to pray together, and he'd say, like, can it just end? 
Will the chaos in my family and the chaos in my children's lives, will the chaos of my house, I just, I don't care how it ends, I just want it to end. Hope. Finally, God loves you enough to stick with you forever. I hope when you get married, I hope that's the core thing that you've got at the bottom of it. That you choose to love each other enough to stick with each other forever. Because that's how God treats you. Verse 19, I will betroth you to me forever. God's in it for the long haul. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in loving kindness and in compassion. God has some good goals and outcomes in this relationship. You can trust him. You maybe have been in relationships before that you, you just can't trust the person and they don't do what they say they're going to do and they, and they mess up and they make promises that they don't keep. Man, you know what? If we just shut up on the promises and do it, there's a time for promises and there comes a time when it's just the last thing your wife wants to hear is another promise. Just do there's an amen. Okay. All right. Let's say amen. Let's get things getting warm. Uh, and I betroth, betroth you to me in faithfulness. Verse 20. Then you will know that Yahweh, I will come about in that day and I will respond, declares Yahweh. I will respond to the heavens. They will respond to the earth. The earth will respond to the grain, to the new wine, and to the oil put down here, God will remain faithful to you even though you fall short on your end of the marriage vows. You're in a marriage with him. You're a follower of his. You're his kid. You're, you're his bride. There's marriage vows that have been made. You've promised to follow him, to serve him, to be the man, the woman that he's calling you to be. You're going to fall short on that. He's never going to fall short. He's always going to do what he's promised. But you will fall short but you don't have to fear that he'll walk away. You don't have to fear that your failures will cause him to walk away. He's our example of how to follow men. God is there, up front, present, engaged, and he will continue to be all of the days of your life. That's hard for me. It's easy for me when conflict comes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like a rat on the ship looking for the nearest hatch to get out. I do not like conflict. But you know what? God says that if we're going to be godly husbands and wives, we need to enter in godly conflict, godly communication, godly interaction. Verse 23, I will sow to her for myself in the land. I will also give compassion on her who had not obtained compassion. She didn't deserve it. She didn't deserve the compassion that God gave her, and God gave it to her anyway. How many times do we hold back because the other person doesn't deserve it yet? That's, that's not God. And I will say to those who are not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. Number four, Yahweh is continually sowing into this relationship. He is relentless and nothing will pull him off course. He has already determined what crop will be harvested. All right, so Stan, I'm happy. After listening to this message, I'm happier because we're actually getting to a point where there's hope 
starting in in, in, in Hosea. He's going to opt that out later on, but that's okay. You're going to have hope to now. He he's there's a, there's a, the the door is getting open. Yes, the door is getting open, and, and 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 it's working well, which is nice. So before we get to that point, though, I want to go back real quick because you you mentioned there's three ways uh, we betray God. Mm-hmm. Number one, you had we refuse to give resources back to God. Right. We use resources for our own selfish wants and desires, mm-hmm. and then we choose to look for fulfillment in other sources than God. Right. So th- those are the three that I had down that you know that you said yeah. are ways mm-hmm. that we betray God. Right. It's kind of right out of Dave Ramsey, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Where you're where you're spending your money, there your heart will be. Pretty much. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Um, so here's a question for you. You know, we're looking at God being able to forgive. Can we forgive? Like, does God empower us to forgive like he does with Israel? As, as much as is humanly possible, because you've got this mix, this divine human mix coming in. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is in you. We just talked about that last week uh, in, uh, in church, about the Holy Spirit and this, this cooperation where now God is taking up residence inside of you. And so there's a tug of war. Am I operating out of the world system, or am I operating out of God's system? And God's system is centered around the Holy Spirit, changing me from the inside out, helping me to be what God wants me to be. And so there's this cooperation going on, almost like a tug of war. Hmm. And, and it's like, who is in control at this moment in my life? And when it comes to being betrayed, I mean, you want to bet the enemy's going to put the fire up. You're going to want to bet that there's going to be a lot of emotion in there. And it's going to be really hard to keep focused on God. Yeah. And and you know what? When I think about it, too, it's this, it, it seems world-wise not logical to give forgiveness to people in certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. We think justice, we think, mm-hmm. you know, eye for an eye, we think vengeance, that's what we think of. Yeah. And we're talking about love instead. And, and part of that is God's justice that's built into us. We do mm-hmm. want justice, and that's part of the image of the maker. But uh, anyway, more about that as we uh, move into next week. Exactly, yeah. So uh, again, thanks for the message, Stan. That was much appreciated. And as always, I want to make sure that people uh, tune in next week, right, when we keep going through Hosea. And remember... Don't end your day without a word with God. of